Today on Building in Faith with Pastor Ed Jones. Building in Faith. The bigger our sense of entitlement, the greater, the greater, the greater will be that ingratitude that dominates our lives. If you have a big sense of entitlement, the praise is going to be real small. There's a contrast. The one man who did, the others who didn't. But also there's a transformation. Something happens in this man that doesn't happen in the others. Reaching up high with arms open wide we see You're changing our lives so we can be our hands and feet Have you noticed that we now live in a society that believes they are entitled to everything? Pastor Ed will be reminding us that we are not entitled to anything. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and comes down from the Father of lights. God is the one who has chosen to bless us, even though we are sinners and don't deserve anything good from His hand. We ought to have a sense of gratitude, not entitlement. As Christians, we should only have a sense of thankfulness. Now here's Pastor Ed with today's edition of Building in Faith. tells them to go to the priest, that's a Levitical law, and the priest would declare that their leprosy was gone, that it was healed, and then they could re-enter into family and community life because they had been segregated, they weren't allowed to live in their homes and live in their communities. These people who were lepers were considered contagious. And so because of that, they were isolated. And so as, as they're going back, One man looks at his hand, and his fingers have regrown. Another looks at his friend, and he notices the eyebrows that had disappeared have now returned. And their skin is is changing. They're literally healed as they go on their way to the priest. Miracles are taking place. You could have a great miracle and never be grateful for it. Oh, for the moment, yes, you may say, well, hallelujah, praise the Lord. But really, to have gratitude as the attitude, as the disposition, there are some people, God does incredible things for them, but they have holy amnesia. Soon they forget what God has done for them. You know, there was a study done with children. Children needed to be taught when they were young to say hi, goodbye, thanks. Uh, Some of them did it spontaneously, 27% of the time they would say goodbye, or 25% of the time they would say goodbye. Only 7% of the time would they spontaneously say thanks. And Parents actually had to teach their children or teach their children as they're growing up to say those things. Uh, High 28% of the time, goodbye. 33% of the time, parents had to teach them. And 51% of the times, parents had to teach their children to say 
thank you. You know you have to say thank you sometimes before you really feel it? You have to have gratitude before it really sinks in on on the inside. And so you just do it mechanically, but then you learn the meaning of the words and the meaning of the words get into your heart and spirit. You can have faith as they did, but yet not have gratitude. You can also have faith and obedience as well, and yet not be grateful. Uh, If I look at the text, it says, when he saw them, he said to them, go, show yourselves to the priest, and they went. They did. Now, Jesus simply said, they said, have mercy on us. They were acknowledging Jesus' power. They were acknowledging him as master. They said, master. So they were acknowledging his authority. And as they acknowledged him and had faith in him, then he said, go. They didn't see any remarkable miracle. He didn't pray over them. He didn't heal them right there. They just simply said, okay, we're going to take him at his word. And they began to go. And they obeyed. You can be dutiful. You can be obedient. You can follow the rules. But yet lack an attitude of gratitude. Yet lack a grateful heart. You can grudgingly give. You can grudgingly obey. And yet lack in your spirit that attitude of gratitude. What happens is the blessings will leak out. What happens is that you will shortchange yourself. We lose the blessings when we fail to have an attitude of thankfulness. Now, some people are just so critical And often it's related to the fact that they fail to have a thankful spirit. Because when you're thankful, it has a way of squelching a critical spirit. It's very rare that you're going to see somebody who is grateful and critical at the same time. Who is grateful and a grumbler. They're contradictions. One cancels out the other. Someone said, hem your blessings with gratitude, lest they unravel. Hem your blessings with gratitude, lest they unravel. Don't forget what God has done for you. Recall, remember, rehearse, go over. Now, this week, we just finished with Thanksgiving. How many times did you thank the Lord? this week? How many times did you complain? Well, you may have forgotten, but this coming week, I want to encourage you. Why don't you count up? How many complaints, not, not your spouse, how many they complain? How many times you complain? <laughs> and how many times you give thanks? You have 23,000 breaths a day. The respiratory system is a complex system, 23,000 breaths. How many times out of that 23,000 times do you simply say, 
Thank you, God, for giving me breath today. When you get up and when you go to sleep, begin your day and end your day by thanking him, simply thanking him. So hem your blessings in with gratitude, lest it all just unravels. Now, here's the expression of gratitude in the text. In verses 15 to 16, it says, Then one of them, when he saw he was healed, he turned back, praising God with a loud voice. He fell on his face at Jesus' feet, giving thanks. Now he, the text says, was a Samaritan. He was the most unlikely. All of them, the other nine, were Jews. They were related in a sense, to Jesus. They understood the covenant. They understood the responsibility to give thanks. And yet, the people you most expect didn't. Hmm. Isn't that sometimes true in our own lives? I want you to note that there has to be an inward realization of the blessings. The text says, when he saw, he was healed. See, there was an inward realization of the mercies of God. Sometimes people are blessed and because, underline this, circle it, put it in bold, and because of the attitude of enlightenment, of entitlement, people don't recognize their blessings. Now now picture those 10 lepers going. Now they're going, and one as he's going begins to think. Look, I'm healed. This is wonderful. This is great. I'm going to start a testimony tour. If you have enough faith and you believe, you too can be healed like me. And 10 lessons on how you can have faith and receive everything you want. So he's going and he's thinking, wow, faith. That's what I have. That's why I'm healed. Well, that's pride. When you become proud, you don't really see what God has done for you. Uh, There's another one going, and he's going, and he's healed. But he's thinking, you know, I was feeling better before I served Jesus anyway. I didn't think this would last. I couldn't believe it happened to me. And I wasn't as bad as the other guys. I'm okay. I don't think I was sick after all. Uh, then I, I, I picture another guy walking back and some of them are just, just sort of talking to each other and, and they were saying, you know, that Jesus, we heard he touched other people when he healed them. He didn't even touch us. Some compassion he has. You know, he didn't even pray for us. He just said, go to the priest. <laughs> Well, well, I'm, I'm glad I'm healed. We can have an attitude that blocks us from seeing the mercies of God, the healing of God in our lives. I read a story about a man who went to a post office, an elderly man, and he went to the post office and with trembling hand, he was filling out a card and trying to put the address down and There, the postman saw him, and he saw the postman, and he said, would you help me? And so the postman said, well, sure. He said, would you just address this envelope here? And so he addressed the envelope, and then he 
looked at the older gentleman and said, can I do something else for you? And the man replied, yes, yes. Would you mind writing a little note in that card? And so he said, sure. And so the older man mumbled some things out as this postman tried to capture his thoughts and write it all out. And then he said, is there anything else I could do? Yes, he said, would you just sign my name for me? So he signed his name for him. And so before he put the card in the envelope and folded it and sealed it, he said, is there anything else you want me to do? The older gentleman just thought for a moment. He said, yeah. Would you put a P.S. on it? I said, certainly. P.S. And he said, would you write, sorry for the sloppy handwriting? (laughs) Sometimes God is blessing us and we miss it because our attitude is wrong and we lose the blessing. I hem those blessings in with a grateful heart unless they unravel. See, gratitude is always the memory of the heart. When our hearts are right, we remember what God has done for us. We remember his blessings. We could think back all that he has done and it will help us on that journey. So there was the inward realization. Uh, Do you remember what he did for you? Remember when you were praying for the right job to open up? Remember when you were praying for that healing in your body? Remember when you were facing an uncertain situation and you just needed God? And you prayed and here he was? Well, that's, that's to be kept in our spiritual diary that we can go over again and again. There was not only the inward realization, but there was the outward proclamation the outward proclamation of God's mercies. Verses 15 to 16. Then one of them, when he saw he was healed, turned back praising God with a loud voice and fell on his face at Jesus' feet, giving thanks. Now he was a Samaritan. The inward gratitude came out. Uh, Do you remember how they had shouted together in a unison chorus of prayer, have mercy on us. Well, he shouted out praises. That's why sometimes people are so excited in church. because They remember what God did for them. That's why sometimes it's hard to keep back the dance in their feet or the shout in their praise or the joy in their heart because maybe they have a flashback and they remember what Jesus did for them and they recall how God had helped them. Think about how he healed you, how he forgave you, how he guided you, how he directed your step. Well, in this man, he shouted out loud, and he was demonstrative, he was expressive, falling at the feet of Jesus. The degree of his desperation matched the degree of his appreciation. Remember when you were desperate? God, help me! And you prayed and you cried to God and God answered you? Well, think about the depth of feeling. Think about the length of time of that prayer. When you got on the other side of it and the answer came, how long did you praise the Lord? How deep was that shout of thanksgiving to God? 
A grateful heart will express itself to God. Now, just try and experiment this coming week. Do what I said earlier. Listen. How many times do you thank God? How many times do you grumble? Now, God is so faithful to help us to move out of ourselves into his presence and into the realm that he wants us to live in. That realm is an attitude of gratefulness. And he always acknowledges gratitude. He acknowledged this man's gratitude. In verse 18, it says, Was no one found to return to give praise to God except this foreigner? What happens is when you give praise to God and have a grateful heart, you will be in the minority, not the majority. I mean, even in Jesus' time, nine people didn't show gratitude, one did. It, it seems that it's that way even today. So many people have a complaint, so many people, so few people have a praise. I mean, you listen to the conversation around the dinner table, you listen to the conversation in the home, you listen to the inner talk that they might have with themselves, or, and it seems to be downer rather than a praise the Lord. Thank God for what he has done. In Psalm 106, it's a psalm dealing with the people of God when they were delivered out of Egypt and saw all of the miracles. He said, he saved them from the hand of the foe, from the hand of the enemy. He redeemed them. They believed his promises and sang his praise, but they soon forgot what he had done. Now, why didn't those people come back? Um, could several things. Maybe some intended to. Some said, you know what I, we first need to do? Let's go and tell our family. Let's go and show them. I want to hug my child. I want to be with my spouse. And next year at Passover, I'll see Jesus. They're too busy to do it when they should because they'll lose the opportunity if they don't. Maybe some simply thought, do you know, he knows, he knows I'm happy, he knows I'm appreciative, and some maybe just slipped into unbelief, some just got caught up into the responsibilities of life, and they simply forgot. The bigger our sense of entitlement, the greater, the greater, the greater will be that ingratitude that dominates our lives. If you have a big sense of entitlement, the praise is gonna be real small. There's a contrast. The one man who did, the others who didn't, but also there's a transformation. Something happens in this man that doesn't happen in the others. You see the transformation. He said to him, Jesus is speaking, rise and go your way, your faith has made you well. Something happened to him. Jesus did something in this Samaritan's life that didn't happen in the other people's lives. You know, when you're grateful, you really lengthen out the miracle. Not only do you have it in the moment, but it lasts over time because you remember it and you thank God for it and you get more out of it. That attitude of gratitude brings the best out in you and changes you. This man is being changed. He's being transformed. 
because he's going away thinking, I, I'm blessed now. Jesus said, I, I, I'm made whole. Maybe that's referring to his inner life. Maybe that's referring to the completion of salvation in his life. But there was something that happened deeply in his life. Gratitude transforms people. Remember Helen Keller? She was born blind and deaf. She spoke about Thanksgiving. She says, for three things I thank God every single day. She said, I thank God that he's allowed me to know his works. By that she meant that she knew that he was, he was God and his fingerprints were all over creation. Though she could not see them physically, she could see them spiritually. She said, deep thanks that he sat in my darkness. She was blind, she couldn't hear. A lamp of faith. Her faith meant so much to her. And the third thing that she thanked God for was, she said, the deepest, deepest thanks that I have is I have another life to look forward to. She was speaking of heaven. Pastor Lou on Wednesday night in the Thanksgiving message that he shared to the congregation, he shared about how we should be thankful for the greatest of all gifts that our names are written in the book of life, that we have everlasting life, that God has redeemed us. I want to read you a scripture. Listen to it real carefully. Give thanks to the Lord for he is good. His faithful love endures forever. Has the Lord redeemed you? Then speak it out. Tell others he has redeemed you from your enemies. And I think it's the King James that says, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Is there a shout in the house? I mean, does somebody have something to be grateful for, thankful for? Would you make it your goal every single day to thank God, to show you gratitude? Thank him for answering prayers for your children. Thank him for saving your soul. Thank him for helping you and being with you. Thank him most of all that your name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life. And you might say, well, you know, my living conditions aren't the best. My situation is not the best. It's difficult. Well, I think of Corey Ten Boom when she wrote The Hiding Place, when she was in the concentration camp during the Second World War. She said in their barracks, they had all these fleas that had infested it. And she was reading the writings of Paul give thanks and everything. And she started the complaint, how could I thank God for these fleas? They're infesting everything in our barracks. But she started doing it. And she realized months later that the guards would not visit their barracks as frequently and torment them because they didn't want to go into a flea-infested Barracks, so she had plenty of time to read the word, sing hymns, have quiet time together. It's not until after many times, the difficult times, that we really see the reason for the difficulties. And really do we understand it. Can you trust God when you're going through it? Can you believe the Lord and thank him? George Herbert wrote these words. It was a prayer. Thou hast given so much to me, give one thing more, a grateful heart. The man came, that Samaritan, and he thanked God for healing him, and he thanked Jesus for speaking that word into his life. He thanked God for the blessings 
and they thank God for the blessers. We've all heard the cliché phrase, Jesus is the reason for the season. But the question is, is He? Is Jesus the center of your life? Or is Christmas just one of the two times during the year that you visit the church? Are you part of the body of Christ? During the Christmas season, there are many opportunities to stop and reflect on the greatest gift of all. But like all gifts, it's only enjoyed when you receive it. The important part of this season is being sure that you have a personal relationship with Jesus. Are you ready for the King? Have you received the upward call? We'd like to invite you to join us at Faith Assembly for worship on Sunday mornings at 9 and 11 a.m. or Wednesday evenings at 7 p.m. For driving directions and more information, log on to buildinginfaithradio.com and follow the link to Faith Assembly. Or feel free to give us a call at 845-462-5955. That's 845-462-5955. Well, that's all the time we have for today. You've been listening to Building in Faith with Dr. Ed Jones. Pastor Ed Jones and the entire congregation here at Faith Assembly would like to wish you a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year.